This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Brought to you by Canada Post. Head to canadapost.ca forward slash insight podcast for ideas to add value to your marketing. As we get going into our show, I want to talk about SEO quickly. This whole search engine optimization thing. People are frustrated by it, confused by it, and probably not really getting the straight goods about how it works. Back when we outsource our SEO, we're often confused when we get the reports back. It seemed like a dark art. They were rubbing some sort of oil on our websites and supposedly magic was happening. When we started using AREFs, it was a game changer. The reports we got, the clarity on site ranking for terms, and really the transparency and understanding between off-site and on-site SEO was really helpful. Today, for all of our clients, we provide HREFs reporting and use the tool to audit sites. It's the premier SEO tool, and you can have the confidence you're getting the top quality tool that provides incredible support and resources to help you with your SEO for your brand or the clients you work with. Check out arefs.com today. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Marketing Jam. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a very important episode, especially those jumping into holiday season. Black Friday season. Uh, we're going to learn a lot. Um, so Eric, thank you so much for being here today. Well, thanks so much for having me. So tell me about your role within the Google sphere. I mean, Google does so much, but, but what's your department and kind of like area of expertise? Yes, I lead our uh, retail practice uh, at Google in Canada. And uh, by retail, that probably includes like three or four different flavors of uh, retailers. We work with the large you know, call it big box or omni-channel retailers. So think like a Walmart or a Home Depot. We work with the grocers, uh, Loblaws, uh, Sobeys, Metro, et cetera, Walmart as well. Um, we work with a lot of like online, uh, you know, e-commerce only or pure play retailers. Yep. So think uh, Essence.com, the, the luxury retailer in Montreal or Clearly, uh, eyewear and contact lenses out in, in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, retail also includes the large uh, direct-to-consumer brands in Canada. Yeah. So think uh, like Lululemon yeah. uh, or Canada Goose, and they sell yeah. online. Of course, they also have stores. And that last sort of category of retailer that we work with are the large sort of players that provide the infrastructure yeah. uh, for retail. So I think the best example of that would be Shopify, yeah. uh, that's a great made-in-Canada success story that's powering uh, retail globally. So that's yeah. the, the retail landscape uh, for us here uh, at Google. Uh, many of our partners, they're, they're all based in Canada. Yeah. Uh, many of them have uh, customers uh, that are just in Canada, some like a Lululemon or a Goose, yeah. right? They're based in Canada, headquartered in Canada, but it's a global center of excellence here. And they have customers and shoppers um, all over the world. Yeah. So uh, being here from Vancouver, I watched uh, Clearly kind of launch yeah. and, and here in our backyard. And same thing with Indochino, launch here in our backyard. Yeah. Uh, but. So both of them, though, realized kind of partway in, they needed a bricks and mortar to, to have both. They, they, they both created, a, and I don't know if you'd call it like a pop-up shop, but Indochino was a pop-up shop from the start, but now they have a permanent shop you can actually physically go into. Yes, well, I think, um, I think every retailer has uh, found that sort of that magic formula is selling online and selling in-store. It's the best of both, both worlds. It caters to the preferences uh, of as many shoppers as possible. I think you have some that started in the way that you described. They started as online-only businesses, and they decided that they, too, wanted to have a physical footprint to um, you know, increase the number of shoppers who maybe haven't 
heard of them before, but may discover them walking down Main Street or walking through a mall. And then, of course, you have those uh, traditional retailers that started with only stores and, of course, realized, you know, many, many years ago, of course, that but it's important to sell online as well. But I think that really is the magic for almost all retailers, few exceptions, that yeah. um, the best way to serve customers and as many customers as possible is to have that omni-channel experience and to sell uh, online and in-store. It's awesome. And for you, how did you get to the place you are today now and into this position? Well, I, uh, I just celebrated my 18th uh, anniversary uh, at Google. So it's, it's been a long time. Um, no magic formula. I mean, probably dumb luck uh, more than uh, anything else. But um, I mean, I was early in my career, I was very interested in media and, and, and studied media and wrote a lot. Uh, I mean, that's sort of what I did at, at university. Decided, uh, didn't want to be a writer anymore, was more interested in the, the business of media. The internet was you know, new and exciting, and I wanted to be a part of that. Uh, I joined sort of a few smaller uh, internet companies uh, early in my career, uh, very early at uh, DoubleClick. I worked at Yahoo very briefly. Both companies in the early 2000s, like many internet companies, made the decision to downsize and to basically leave the Canadian market. And um, at that point, Google called me uh, <laughs> and said, hey, we're, we have one person in Canada. We'd like to have another. And um, so they reached out to me and probably two months and 15 interviews later, because that's the way the hiring process worked at, at Google in the at the time I joined. Uh, I started in a you know, variety of individual contributor type roles, always in the, the advertising side of things. I moved into management roles, leading industry focused teams, uh, leading our automotive practice, our financial services practice. I've done some interesting things sort of cross uh, country. I led our search business for a number of years. I launched our mobile ads business uh, in wow. Canada. And uh, most recently over the last like three and a half, four years, I've been leading our, our retail practice here uh, in Canada. It was seen at the time as an industry ripe for growth for, for many, many reasons. Uh, and it was incumbent on Google to accelerate it. And I was lucky enough they asked me to do that. And uh, the rest is history. Very cool. And those that maybe aren't aware of, when you talk about you know, being a retailer, right? Let's use like Lazy Boy Furniture. What are all the options that they have to advertise with Google today? Well, I think at a high level, what, what we do, and I think many other uh, advertising partners would do for a retailer is we help them drive sales um, and we help them build their brands. I mean, that's really the core of it. And so when you think about sales, we help retailers drive sales online. Uh, and we help them drive sales uh, in store. Google has this remarkable signal of intent. We have millions and millions of people, virtually everyone in Canada, putting up their hand and saying, entering into that search box, uh, this is what I'm interested in, this is what I want to buy next. And so it's a, it's, there's a lot of intent there, it's a high signal of intent. And that of course is very appealing to any business, but especially retailers. Yeah. And so at a high level is we're connecting people shopping on Google and looking to discover the places to buy things online or in store yep. uh, with the retailers who sell those products. So driving sales is really core to what we do, yeah. uh, working with retailers. Um, and the second thing we do is we help them build their brands um, yeah. because we know it's not just about driving immediate sales, right? Consumers have to know who you are. They have to know what you stand for, your values as a business, as a retailer. Uh, and they, in some ways they have to think of you and know of you before you even have that uh, intent and, and know what you want to buy. And so YouTube, of course, I think is the, the best platform, you know, in the Google ecosystem uh, for doing this. 
uh, where it's a great brand building uh, vehicle, people coming to you know YouTube to fulfill their passions, whether it's to learn to cook or make sourdough bread in, in these times, uh, watch movies, entertain themselves, unboxing videos. Yeah. I mean, that's a really interesting part in the, the retail world, you know, product reviews. Um, and so that's really the core of what we do. There's other things. We have a, a cloud platform, right, where retailers can use like the infrastructure that's powered Google, all of that, yeah. all of the technology and the machine learning to uh, you know, build their business on top of that. So we have a cloud. Um, we have a, a cloud business. Uh, Ma you know, Google Maps, right, appear mm -hmm. yeah. on the websites of retailers and other businesses. We have a robust apps ecosystem where, if yeah. you're looking to drive loyalty and awareness with an app as a retailer or otherwise, we can distribute that app through like the Android um, ecosystem. So there's all sorts of uh, payments. We have we have a payments yeah. uh, product where we make paying for things and buying things really easy for consumers and easy for retailers as well. So there's all sorts of like other things that we do with retailers, but again, at its core, it's about like driving sales online, driving sales in store um, and helping them build their brands. And Eric, I don't want to intimidate you, not only just with my awesome mug, but I happen, I happen to be a level seven Google local guide. Okay. I don't know exactly what that means, um, but it, it sounds impressive. It's pretty uh, impressive. So, so I'll fill you in. So uh, Yelp for a while used to do it where you could become Yelp elite status if you'd met certain requirements. And then Google launched uh, the Google Local Guides uh, community, which was awesome. So I was a big contributor to Google. And so I launched at like a level three and I just kept contributing and you get points, whether it's a photo or a review or you fix something on a, the map setting. Amazing. Um, yeah. So I, I've worked, I, I have worked my way up to level seven. I haven't got to level eight yet. It's a big jump from seven to eight, but uh, you know, just thought you should uh, be aware. That's very impressive. It, it sounds genuinely helpful. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, 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 um, sort of anecdotal. I know that um, when we launched Google Maps, I mean, many, many years ago, I think it was 2000, 2004, 2005. But I, I was amazed to learn how much of the world was unmapped. Uh, and um, we had this huge effort at the time to, you know, try and do what you've just described, where people living all over the world uh, can help inform Google and others by just telling us there's a, a street here, right? There's an intersection there and just making like the world of mapping um, better. Yeah. No, yeah. And if, and if it changes or if it shut down and yeah, I've, I've loved it. And then you get bonus points now if the photo was popular. It's a yeah, fascinating yeah. It's yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for doing that. Thank you. So how would you break down? So um, most people know Google for Google search ads. It's what's known, but you know, you search for something, the ad pops up in the top, yeah. maybe break down the other, like there's Google shopping ads, there's Google display. Like, how would you say for retailers, where are the main areas that they are spending on the that kind of ad world of Google? Yeah. So I, it starts with search, right? So yeah. if I sell uh, yoga pants, uh, I can have a text ad uh, appear uh, at the top of, of the search results page. Uh, and I choose the keywords I want to run on based on the products that I sell. Uh, I write the little blurb and description that compels someone to click on the ad and visit my site and hopefully buy something. Uh, and the retailer only pays per click, right? So that was really the, the innovation at Google, uh, the targeting, the scale, right? Only being able to target people with advertising who want to buy your products and only paying for results. And then we have the ability to measure those results back to an online sale. So a retailer puts a little snippet of code on their site and we can track if there was an online transaction, the value of the transaction, were they a new customer, returning customer, what was the lifetime value, all of that stuff. 
for retailers with stores, we have the ability to uh, count and estimate how many people clicked on an ad and actually visited the store. So I don't know like what words you search for and what you click on. And if you personally visit a store, it's all anonymized and it's based yeah. on Google users who have like shared their location with Google Maps and YouTube yeah. to get Google search to get more relevant results. Uh, yeah. But it's all anonymized and it gives us the ability, at, you know, at, again, anonymized and at scale to be able to tell a retailer, hey, you got 100 clicks from a Google ad and 20 of them visited your store. And then you could do some like back of the napkin math to know, okay, well, if I have a store, I know like 80% of the people who come in buy something, the average order value is 50 bucks. And you could try and like estimate what that in-store uh, revenue looks like from an online ad, which is pretty good. So that's really search. We have something that you described called shopping ads, uh, which is sort of a, another flavor of those search ads, which allows uh, retailers to basically upload a list of their products with a picture and a description, a little bit more information. Uh, on the product, whether the, the items um, it includes the price, whether it's been discounted. And so it's just another flavor of ad with pictures, very, very good for retailers because the, the pictures and those added descriptions are important and the retailer also pays per click. So that's search at like a super high level. There's other things that we do, um, something um, contextual advertising. So if you go to um, you know, a newspaper site and they are doing a review of like the best luggage to travel with this season, we may have what we call a contextual ad. So maybe an ad for luggage on the luggage page and the luggage review ads. Uh, and, and again, show those ads to people who are reading like relevant content. And the yeah. intent isn't quite as high, but it's actually pretty close, right? Because if I'm reading a review of a product, uh, chances are like I'm reading it because I'm interested in buying it. So the intent signal is high. Their the shopper's propensity to convert and buy something after exposure is pretty good. Um, and then, of course, there's lots of stuff on display on, on YouTube. Uh, there are shopping formats. There are, you know, short sort of ads, you know, six seconds in length that encourage people to quickly, you know, understand a brand or a product. Again, targeted at the, the videos folks are watching, some of the things they search for on YouTube or even Google search before. And it's designed to, again, reach high intent shoppers, if that's what you want, sort of lower funnel activity. But if you're more sort of thinking that sort of that top of the funnel, like, hey, we want to raise awareness. Hey, we've got a big Black Friday sale coming up and we sell everything to all Canadians. I mean, you get mass reach on YouTube, too, because, I mean, like Google search, virtually everyone in Canada who's online is using Google, but also watching videos on YouTube. Yeah. So, yeah, YouTube, number two search engine in the world. Number two search engine in the world behind Google. Yeah. So Black Friday's coming up. Black Christmas Friday's is coming up. Hanukkah's yeah. coming up. What, what should we as a retailer do to prepare for that? As agencies that are listening, brands that are listening, what are the things that you're like, man, make sure you have these things in place? Well, I think um, I would start by, I have an appreciation for how difficult it's been for every business owner uh, in Canada, who I think is used to um, a very predictable way of doing business. Uh, these are the items we sell in the spring and in the summer, and here's what happens in the fall, and here's where people uh, start taking an interest in, you know, Black Friday deals, and here's when they shop online, and then here's where maybe they're more likely to come into our stores closer to uh, Black Friday. Here's what percentage of our shoppers shop online. Here's what happens in store. I think for many years, uh, it's been very predictable for retailers uh, and very easy to plan. And, you know, e-commerce every year is, you know, you know, on average, you know, it's probably growing at like 20%. You know, again, that's on the, the average in Canada. But again, it was a very predictable way 
of operating. Um, I think right now the only uh, you know certainty is is uncertainty, and so I think it's a very very challenging time for retailers as we're trying to make sense of many many things, um, whether stores will remain open, um, trying to understand the demand that consumers have for the products that we sell and whether we have enough uh, in stock, and how do we sort of meet that demand? Yeah, that's what. My, there's no more bikes. I, I went to go get a bike for my son. No, no bikes in the store. There's no more bikes, uh, and so I mean it's it's uh, it's a great example. I mean I think early on in the the COVID days, as we were all you know starting to work from home for us, it was you know middle of March. I didn't have enough jogging pants. I didn't have a, a desk, an office desk. I didn't have a comfy chair, uh, <laughs> and so these were things that you know at Google and retailers knew there's a very predictable pattern for when people wanted comfy pants or a desk chair, and then all of a sudden it explodes. And you're trying to fulfill that demand. And how do you do it when your stores are closed? Or if we can't fulfill all of the orders coming in through our website? Yeah. And so it created like real problems. Uh, and so that has morphed into, you know, we're still seeing that today, whether it's patio furniture, bikes, you know, as the weather warmed up, you know, you read the news now and people can't get like outdoor heaters, right, for their mm -hmm. backyards or, for, you know, commercially. For their patios and so lots of people are wondering like what's going to be the jogging pants of like you know this holiday season like a product yeah. that sort of um you know pops out of pops out of nowhere but i think you know to answer your question i think what a retailer should think about is like you know the playbook from the old days is sort of out the window and we have mm -hmm. to adapt to this new world what are those adaptations well i think it starts with e-commerce um you know many of you have seen the the chart that's been circulated uh, around the internet, you know, call it what you like, um, you know, 10 years worth of progress in like 90 days where e-commerce basically doubled on average across North America. Many retailers saw like a four or five X uh, mm -hmm. in e-commerce. So e-commerce is going to be a lot more uh, important this holiday season. I mean, this really is Canada's e-commerce moment. Yeah. And this, and even as stores have reopened, we've seen that behavior stick. So I think it's it's a really important change because the old playbook was we're going to have like 20% more online orders than we did the year before, again, on average. Uh, how do you plan for double, triple, quadruple yeah. uh, the e-commerce uh, sales that you had before? How do we make sense of these trending products? Do I have enough patio heaters? How do I get more? Yeah. How do I not disappoint my customers and make sure that I have what they want to buy? And if I don't have it, how do I get those things fast and, and frankly sell um, what I have? I think there are... If you have a store, there's a an adaptation that's happening like in the in the store. So I think in the old days, like you shopped online or you shopped in store. And I think the really astute retailers knew it was a bit of a false dichotomy that there was an interconnection between the two and the two worked together. But I think now than ever, stores are, you know, an important um, distribution point for lack of anything else for those e-commerce orders. So the rise of curbside pickup, which was yeah. really nascent in Canada, but increasingly you're going to see people buy online and choose to buy online because they can pick it up in store. Because they're, you know, whether it's because they want to support the local business, which we know is important in this time, mm -hmm. or because they just don't want to take the chance, especially at the last minute that that package will arrive. They just want to let go and pick it up. And you know what, while they're out, maybe they'll pick up a couple other things, mm -hmm. which is also really important to retailers. You're not just selling like one or two things, that the basket becomes bigger. So that's like good for consumers. Uh, and I think it's really, really good. Um, it's, it's really good for retailers. So I think those are some of like the big changes uh, that we are, you know, working with retailers on on how to think 
of, of this holiday season differently. And you mentioned Shopify earlier. What would you say for someone to get a Shopify store up and running, the difficulty level for those that, that have never done it before? Zero <laughs> yeah. uh, is, is the answer. Uh, or like negative one. I mean, it's... Um, I mean, it's one of those businesses and ideas that just seems so obvious uh, in retrospect. Uh, and it's really been amazing, the explosion in their business, which, you know, I, I'm sure you've covered in, in other episodes. But um, whether it's the side hustle, uh, people wanting to start a business on the side, um, or it's like a, a traditional retailer who never sold online or frankly had like antiquated technology to do so. I mean, Shopify just makes it so damn easy. I mean, I could set it up. Uh, I could multitask uh, during this podcast and set up a store. Uh, mm. And so it's that easy. And it's not just that it's easy, but it's so damn good. Uh, it really gives like, um, you know, for lack of a better term, like an Amazon-like uh, shopping experience or checkout experience, and it brings it to everyone. Yeah. So I think, you know, for many retailers, again, with that antiquated technology, the sites were loading to too slowly. It took too long to check out all of the forms that you need to fill in and sorting yep. out all of the payment. And they just make that checkout experience just so easy. And we know at Google when websites, mobile websites are faster. Uh, I mean, just the difference between like a three second load time and a four second load time can drop conversions for retailer by 20%. Wow. I mean, that's like losing your sa your Tuesday sales. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's ginormous yeah. and it just compounds on top of that. So the sites load quickly. Uh, it's really easy to buy things. I mean, you just push a button and a consumer can buy things. It's a great experience for shoppers. And that's really why it's it's been so effective. It's a it's a great shopping experience, which of course is great for, for merchants. So I've uh, set up my cat sweater company on Shopify. I've got right. kind of, yeah, three options. I know winter's coming, so yeah. I'm getting ready to warm up those cats. Um, What's my first step to kind of getting with uh, Google search ads? What, what do I do? Kind of, is it an easy process set up? Is there a site I can go to that kind of walks me through it? Kind of like a, a like a wizard or, a, or the little paper clip from the nineties. I remember clip clippy or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yes, I think, um, you know, I think if you're starting a business today, I think, uh, you know, the two most effective ways uh, to market online, one is email. Uh, so if you have people who, you know, have signed up, they visited your site and they've signed up for your email or they bought things from you before, email marketing remains very, very effective. Um, you know, the next most effective way to market is through search because the intense signal is so high, right? You don't advertise to everyone using Google. You advertise to only people looking for cat sweaters. And then you only pay for results. You only pay when somebody searches for cat sweaters, sees an ad for cat sweaters, has read the ad, said, oh, that sounds like it's of interest to me, and then clicks on it, and then you can like manage it back and measure the impact to sales. So that's why search is the most effective uh, you know, advertising platform ever created. It's because the intent signal is so high. And you know, could we make it like easier to get you started? Yes. Um, sometimes it can feel intimidating at first, and I think we're keenly you know, aware of that, um, you know, especially if you don't have an agency or a, you know, a search specialist. Uh, but I think we're getting better there. And so, yes, the answer is yes, you should do it. And yes, there's a wizard to get you started. And I mean, search is always effective. It's just a matter of how much. Yeah. My encouragement for uh, any kind of business, retail especially, is to download the Google My Business app. It, it is incredible. 
and, and it continues to get better and better. Like uh, you, the update in there where you can do a COVID update, you can put offers, you can put events. Yeah, yeah and you know, we we spent you know the last few minutes talking a lot about you know some of the things where you have to pay Google. I mean, even though it's advertising that drives sales and it's basically a sure thing, it will work. Um, you know, it's paid advertising, but there's lots of things Google offers. I mean, simply just getting found in Google is free. Uh, if you have a website, uh, it's free to get found. Uh, we create, you know, YouTube is a platform that lets you host your video content, yeah. you know, unboxing, reviews, customer testimonials, whatever it may be for free, right? In the old days, you used to have to pay to host videos, Google My Business, right? Letting customers know like your hours, whether you yeah. sell online or you offer curbside pickup, that discovery through maps is free. Google yeah. Analytics, right? Which lets you measure what people are doing with your website and your email. Yeah. All of that is free. You don't need to advertise with Google to use our analytics platform to better understand what your customers are doing on their website. Yeah. I could go on and on and on, but there's lots of stuff. And I always say like, start with the free stuff. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't cost anything, but that's really like the, the infrastructure uh, to, to getting found by your customers uh, and getting started. And I love Google Analytics. I feel like it's uh, for anyone in business, it's almost like the, the second language that you should learn. You know, I remember growing up, we, we needed to learn a second language to go get into university. I, I learned French. So I could get into university and apply, but I feel like getting in business and starting learning analytics and there's a free course. Google offers a free analytics understanding course. There's a, there's a free course for everything. And yeah. whether it's like Google or elsewhere, I mean, Google publishes, you know, a lot of information as do Shopify, as do many mm -hmm. other publishers. It's a great time for learning. I mean, in the old days, again, you'd have to like, you know, pay to go to a course or a conference and there's just so much for free and it's a, it's a great place to start. I mean, sometimes Google Analytics can feel like it's the it's the Ferrari parked in the garage or in first yeah. gear. And there's just so many insights um, as a retailer or any business about your customers mm -hmm. um, that you can glean from that. And again, it's not just about making advertising better, although it can, but even to inform like website content. Yeah. Like I always think how silly it is that most websites, like the homepage is the same for everyone. Yep. Right. Whether you shop at that retailer all the time or you've never been there before. Why is the homepage experience? Why are those like hero images the same for everyone? It makes no sense. Yeah. Um, so that's a great example of something you can glean from Google Analytics where you can test different content, test the hero image. Right. Does it look better showing a picture of a man or a woman or a family? Yeah. Um, you know, this product or that product, the, you know, the red product or the blue product. These are all of the things that you can test to drive engagement or sales. I mean, when you think about for a business, like how do I drive like 10% more sales? I mean, you could spend 10% more in advertising, I suppose. The other way to do that is to take like your website conversion rate and move it from 2% to 2.2%. Hmm. So by testing a, a different image, moving the checkout box around, testing like a checkout process that's like yeah. leaner, uh, all of these things can improve conversion rate and can have the, the same effect as like spending more money on advertising. Ultimately, again, that too is maybe a false dichotomy. For most marketers, it's not one or the other. You should be doing both. Uh, for many, there's a there's a paid advertising component, but for other for just as much, there's a there's it, the importance of optimizing your content, testing different content, improving the the digital experience. Hey, are you having trouble tracking inbound phone calls from your website or ads? CallRails gives you the call tracking you need to measure the success of your marketing efforts in real time. Discover how many calls you receive from your Google ads, 
organic searches, social media efforts, and so much more. But that's not the only reason we use CallRail. CallRail seamlessly integrates your call and conversion data with over 700 marketing tools and platforms, including Google Analytics and Salesforce to fuel deeper insights automatically. Start your free trial today with CallRail. So as we're, uh, you know, again, leading up to the Black Friday date, um, what are some other things that people should be aware of? Like retailers, if there's something on their site, if there's two things they can improve or one thing they shouldn't be, be aware of, or, or just even kind of on the ad side, what's something that they could be preparing for or even budgeting for when it comes to running ads? Well, a few things. So number one, e-commerce is going to be more important than ever. Hmm. Um, so making sure that you are catering to customers who increasingly have a preference to shop online because that's the habit that's been formed during COVID and it's yeah. stuck. Yeah. I think number two is shoppers are going to start shopping earlier than ever. Yeah. And I think this is really important. We've seen it every year. So many years ago, um, Black Friday was an in-store event where people yeah. would like line up, you know, for the door crashers. And then it was really Cyber Monday that was like the online event. Yeah. And it was American mostly. Like and it, it was, was American. Yeah. Right. And it was American. And bo like Boxing Day was our preferred. Yes. Event. Yeah. That was ours. That was ours. And we, we had our stake in the ground there. So that's how it used to work. And then over the last few years, we've seen people shopping online earlier and retailers, as a result, pulling those deals forward. And so what I mean by that is over time, it became an online-only event, um, not just in-store, increasingly online. Black Friday became uh, an online day. Yeah. And Black Friday uh, sales for retailers and shopping for consumers surpassed Cyber Monday. Gray Thursday, people shopping earlier. And over mm -hmm. the, so it's been pulled forward every week, uh, sorry, wow. every year. And some retailers are now launching, have been launching their deals like a week or two sometimes in advance. So wow. we had seen that before COVID. Okay. What we expect this year is that shopping will start earlier than ever. Okay. And so, and for lots of reasons, whether they are playing to a consumer who's worried if things will be in stock, not sure if Canada Post or others will be able to deliver uh, on time, because yep. even now they're seeing record level of parcels yeah. flying around the country. And there's a genuine concern that like the gifts could be late. Um, there's concern about like the economic sentiment. What if consumer confidence wavers as COVID cases go up? Um, so for all sorts of reasons, take the demand while you mm -hmm. can, while people want to buy your products, yeah. get in front of that now. And at Google, we're, we're already seeing uh, an increase in the number of people searching as it relates to holiday gifts earlier than ever. So mm -hmm. e-commerce event, um, it's going to start uh, earlier than ever. I think the third point is to really be in tune with how some of the product uh, changes uh, have evolved. So people are investing a lot in their home, yeah. you know, home office, patio furniture. We're still going to be trapped here. Uh, what are other things that people want to buy for their home? Uh, that they may not have thought about before. Yeah. And so we believe that that investment in the home is going to continue. That's what our data suggests. And in speaking yeah. with retailers, we think that will hold. We see consumers uh, very interested in like little luxuries to treat themselves yeah. in these yeah. really unusual times, yeah. whether it's like makeup or earrings or other things to make them feel better. Yeah. We think it's important, um, you know, home fitness and just yeah. staying active is really important. And the last product shift I think that's worth calling out is we're seeing more interest than ever in gift cards. 
Yeah. Okay. Because it, it's such an easy gift and it's yeah. safe and you know, it'll get there on time. Yeah. And so more interest than ever in gift cards. So for a retailer, just make sure if you sell any of this stuff, make sure it's prominent on your website. Gift cards, like almost every re retailer offers them. Is that link at the top of your website or is it all the way at the bottom? Hmm. And my advice would be to like move it, move it up to the top. So I think those are like some of the, the broad strokes in terms of, you know, what we're hearing from retailers, what we're hearing from consumers and the things we're suggesting to help retailers like take advantage of, of this moment and, and maximize it for them and for their customers. Uh, there, there's an incredible free tool you offer called Google Trends. Yes. Uh, which uh, I find fascinating. Uh, yeah, sometimes I go in a couple times a week to kind of see what's happening. Um, can you explain it and how retailers could even leverage that? You know, I, I know it's not like they're, they're not going to discover the next Tickle Me Elmo, but, but how can they use Google Trends to help their business this season? Yeah, so I think Google Trends gives you insight. It's, um, we can include the URL in the, the, the notes yeah. afterwards, yeah. but it gives you the ability to look at the search volume. So how many searches there were for a given keyword or product. So I'm able to compare if like, what gets more searches in Canada, like yoga pants or running shorts? And how has that changed over time? And is it influenced seasonally? Does it vary uh, regionally? Is it different in Ontario than it is out West? Has it changed versus last year? And so again, it's, you know, Google is often likened, it's a database of intentions, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's such an amazing window into what consumers, again, anonymized are thinking about, what they're concerned about, what they mm -hmm. want to buy. Yeah. And so as a retailer, if you know historically, hey, this is when people start thinking about Halloween costumes, right? Or, you know, an example, you know, we've often used is like that, like that diet in the new year. Like it doesn't start on January 1st, right? When do people start thinking about like weight loss, um, you know, after the holidays? And it's not like that New Year's resolution is in January 1st. It actually starts ticking up like in October. But so these are all things, depending on the business that you, they, you know, if you're in the travel business, when do people start looking for vacations to Mexico? And is it different than when they look for vacations to Cuba? And how is it different if they're looking to vacation in Ontario uh, or in Whistler? And so it's so important, I think, for retailers to have this pulse on like um, what consumers are interested in more than ever, because mm -hmm. I think that playbook and the trends that you may intuitively have known historically may not hold true right now. And so understanding what consumers want to buy. And if you sell those things, again, floating it up to the top of your website, maybe those are the products that you are experimenting with in terms of promotions. Uh, those are all the, the types of things that retailers can do, whether it's website content, email content, um, or even like how you advertise, right? Seizing the moment with those trends and turning them into something that's actionable in terms of, in terms of content. Yeah. And, and maybe adding some offers to your Google My Business listing. And, and, and great thing within Google My Business, you can actually start running ads from there. There's a little click there that lets gets you going. Yeah. Um, you made a point about uh, retail therapy. I feel like we're in a very stressful time of life yeah. and it's going to get more stressful. And, and so people often will use retail shopping as therapy to, to ease themselves and make themselves feel better. Uh, what are you kind of some habits you're seeing with when people make those maybe impulsive purchases or make those purchases online, those treats for themselves? I mean, the first thing I'd say is if you go to a store, wear a mask. Uh, I, I mean, to be honest, the, the things I'm thinking about transcend marketing because this yeah. is an important um, cultural moment and it yeah. involves um, treating each other 
treating store employees uh, with respect mm -hmm. and not getting frustrated with the lines mm -hmm. um, and frustrated if something's out of stock. Mm -hmm. um, but I think treating each other well, we're all trying to get through, mm -hmm. um, you know, a real, a really, really tough time. Mm. Um, you know, I think we have seen, I mean, thinking more, you know, product wise, again, I think, you know, I think there has been healthy consumer spending during this period. We want to make like back to school enjoyable for our kids. I have three kids who just yeah. went back to school this week. So, you know, we want that pencil case to be extra special or we want them to have like that tie dyed shirt because tie dyed is, you know, the, you know, all the rage this year. Um, I'm thinking about my fitness. I mean, this is where, you know, I think Lululemon leaned in so well. Yeah. I mean, just an amazing shining star, North Star for Canada as a business. Um, but, you know, pivoting their business more to home workout and wellness and mm -hmm. fitness. Again, whether it's the products they sell, the videos they have on their website, mm -hmm. um, you know, any any of the the digital assets they have, just it's a slight tweak to um, recognize and take advantage of uh, the the mindset of their guests um, or their shoppers uh, today. Wow. Uh, do you have a story maybe about something that you bought online recently and maybe kind of your experience with it that you really enjoyed? That's a good question. Um, let me. Um, I generally I'm amazed at um, how much the uh, e-commerce experience has uh, improved in Canada. And I think there was a while where, uh, you know, when Amazon was um, highly differentiated, they were getting you that little uh, item uh, that boxed your door in like a day or two. And it felt like for many other retailers in Canada, it was a far more disappointing experience. And it was, too bad because as much as the other retailers set set the expectations right, still felt a little disappointing. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm amazed at um, how much the bar has gone up um, across Canada. I'd say one of the one of the insights I'll share is I have shopped with. Um, I've discovered a whole bunch of new retailers uh, mm -hmm. during this period. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that's been the insight for me. It's actually consistent with some of the data we've seen in the aggregated Google, where I think close to 40% of Canadians have said that they are discovering new brands and new stores during COVID. Yeah. And I think that was informed by the fact that many of the stores had trouble fulfilling, even Amazon, uh, early during COVID. Mm -hmm. So I ordered a new, I, I run a lot. I ordered a new pair of running shoes from a store I had never heard of and I discovered through a Google search. Um, but they happen to have the shoes I wanted in the size I want when others didn't. I'd never ordered from them before, and I did, and it was an amazing experience. I actually bought mm -hmm. a second pair um, of running shoes from them. Uh, I bought a uh, – I like to cook. I bought an, a new um, apron from uh, – I believe it's called Chef Satchel. Uh, yes, was, I, know, I know the brand. It's amazing. Brand? Okay. Yes. It was uh, informed by a lot of cooking videos I was yes. watching during COVID. Yes. And the, the the guy who publishes these video, that's the apron he has, and he, he likes it, and it looked cool. So I bought an apron from Chef Satchel uh, in the U.S., and it arrived, like, super fast. Uh, but it's another example of a place that yeah, I'd never even heard of before yeah. uh, and only discovered through, like, this this crazy time. Sp uh, you know, but I could go on and on and on. I mean, uh, Sport Check and Home Depot, um, you know, Walmart. Um, you know, we've got three kids 
Canada, we buy our groceries, our home essentials, uh, shoes, uh, you know, everything to do with like running and fitness and baseball and, and um, all sorts of things. Um, but I, I think retailers like big and small overwhelmingly have really stepped up uh, in this moment. Yeah, no, it's been, uh, it's been really, really cool to see. Um, for you, uh, going into the season, uh, you know, especially having kids, I got four kids myself. Um, how are you thinking about Christmas and, and, and holiday season? How are you thinking about doing those? Like, when do you think you'll do the purchase? And how do you think you'll end up? Will you go to physical store? Do you think you're going to do it all online? And where are you at with your family? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's sample size of one. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we, buy a lot, we buy a lot of things online. Yeah. Uh, but I still, I still go to a lot of stores um, mm -hmm. because, uh, and I still like, I cook, you know, I mentioned I cook, like I, I still like grocery shopping, even though we yeah. can get all these things online, but I actually do like, you know, walking down the aisles and discovering mm -hmm. like new crackers and new ice yeah. cream kids or whatever. I, I, I do genuinely like it. Yeah. Um, but I think for us, it's a, it's, it's definitely a healthy mix of buying. We buy more things online than ever, yeah. uh, but we continue to buy in store. I think the things we buy in store are things that are maybe more differentiated. Like I'm not sure if I want X or Y, so I may want to like see it or I may want to ask like customer service plays uh, an important role. Um, and I think like supporting local businesses yeah. is really, really important. You know, I want the stores in my neighborhood yeah. to survive and thrive. So um, that's important to me. And frankly, as convenient as e-com is, you know, sometimes buying things in stores you know, even more convenient. Like it's great again, that I can get a box delivered to my door in a day or two, but I can down the street from me, I have, you know, I have a Home Depot, I have a Canadian Tire, I have, I have a sport check. I have all the grocery stores within a, like there's a lot of stuff near me and I can get things in like 10 or 15 minutes if I need to. So I think it'll be a healthy, a lot of stuff online, but a healthy mix in store as well. And I think it'll be a combination of buying things early, the things we know are, you know, we, we would like for our home uh, or the things, you know, we know our kids are going to want then. Uh, and inevitably there'll be last minute stuff. I mean, that's the way I shop personally. Yeah, I, I'm, yes. I'm that idiot going to the, you know, the Eaton Center, um, you know, two days before the holidays or a birthday. I mean, that's, that's me. Um, but uh, again, it's, it's a, it's a mix, but I, I think it's representative of, you know, many, many Canadians buying more online now than ever, but it's not, we're not buying everything online. We pick and choose those moments, when to buy things online, when to buy things um, in store, when to lean on the brands that we're most familiar with, and when are we most open to like trying a new product um, or shopping from a new store, online or in store. Yeah. There's this beautiful place in Vancouver called Granville Island, and it's under a bridge, and you can go and you know it's every meat, every fruit, every vegetable, kind yeah. of in this kind of world of of uh, experience. They recently did a thing where they just did Granville Island delivery, so one company will now deliver for all the brands within the island, which is pretty cool. So each of the individual stalls don't have to set up their own e-commerce. I, I mean, that's that's very very clever, uh, mm -hmm. and it wouldn't surprise me if you see more of that. And you see some of that in the restaurant business, sort of a coalition yeah. of local restaurants who are fighting against high fees from other delivery services and want, and want an alternative. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. That's a very good role for landlords, you know, malls or otherwise to yeah. play to try and consolidate uh, some of that. Because, you know, I, I, I do think that come this holiday season, and this is, you know, another piece of advice we're giving retailers based on what we know today. 
yeah. um, is that we think there will be fewer shopping trips, uh, but the trips will be consolidated. So I yes. may not go to the mall three times. I may just go twice. Yep. Uh, and I may not go to eight stores. I may just go to three. Mm. And so the, when I go, um, the amount I spend, that, that, that basket per store or an aggregate will be higher. Um, but I do think it, I do think there's an opportunity to make delivery, uh, more cost efficient. These coalitions of the willing are very, very interesting, but I also think this curbside pickup trend is definitely one to watch because if you can get the shopper in the habit and with the comfort to just like swing by that store, that's really close. That's a whole lot of like savings that you can, you know, pass on elsewhere and do other things with. Yeah, because I've seen these businesses set up a Shopify, get the ads going, but then the fulfillment, they can either get overwhelmed or it's just the details of the fulfillment is very difficult from packaging to bubble wrap to all that sort of thing. Uh, yes, it, it, it's going, it, it can be time consuming. Um, it can be expensive. Um, and so again, that's why as a retailer, you want to explore all options. And that's, I think, why, again, that curbside, that sort of third option, curbside pickup, you buy online, but you swing by our store and pick it up, I think is just so appealing uh, for retailers um, in, in so many ways. Wow. Eric, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for oh, giving so you. much advice, ideas. Uh, I feel like you've lit a really good path for a lot of retailers, maybe who are, you know, kind of, again, I think it's been dark. It's, it's a path that yeah. many of us, I think none of us have walked down. So thank you for throwing some light on it and helping us. Yeah, I mean, advice. Um, I mean, we try, try and give a lot of it. We're not always right. But, um, you know, I think high level, like, do you think that digital, um, whether it's people uh, experiencing your brand through your website or your app uh, or shopping online, do you think it'll be more important, less important or just as important in like a year, three years or five years? And I think most marketers, most executives, most consumers think like increasingly it's going to be more important. So as big as it is today, um, it's going to be even more important. The retailers that have been able to adapt the most during this period of profound change are the ones that had the infrastructure in place, the website that could process orders quickly, the customer service that could answer emails and phone calls, the, enough people uh, and the skills to like, put things in boxes and get them out and deal with returns. Like all of the people who invested in the capabilities are the ones that have been able to like seize the moment um, the fastest. I think for a retailer to treat like the digital experience, it's your flagship store. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a car dealership, like it's your flagship dealership. It's your most, it's your most important touch point. It's your first touch point. That impression you leave with a customer or a shopper, the second they touch your mobile website or app or whatever it may be, um, is the most important experience they're going to have. And I think as, a, as an executive, if you leave that just to your IT team or just to your marketing team, you're making a big mistake. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, it's so important that it's incumbent on everyone, you know, within the organization up and down. I mean, it, it, it matters, um, at, you know, the, with the troops, but also at the leadership level, leadership matters. Um, with digital, I think, you know, more than ever, um, you know, I touched on personalization. I really do believe that, you know, if you think of like the best experiences you have, whether it's like Netflix or Starbucks or, or Uber, I mean, no, no two people have the same like Netflix homepage, right? It's all based on the things you watch and the things they think you're going to watch next. Um, retailers should aspire to be more like that. 
And so creating a personalized experience based on things people have bought, the information they've shared willingly, nothing creepy, but people who've shared information willingly because they get something back uh, in return and they understand what, what that means. Yeah. But I think a more personalized digital experience is, is really, really important. Um, and to be ambitious. And I think, um, you know, we still think about that at Google, even uh, search, you know, it's not mission accomplished on search. There's a lot of improvement we could make to surfacing like that right answer, uh, you know, for a query sh shopping or otherwise. And I think, you know, for Canadian businesses, especially, um, it's important that ambition remains high. That's why Shopify has been so successful. That's why Lululemon, that's why like Canada Goose, so many of these like Canadian uh, North Stars have been so successful is because they're so ambitious. Yeah. They don't just want to be successful here. They want to be successful, you know, all over the world and really are thinking like 10x in terms of their business. And so just to maintain like it's hard in this time, a healthy sense of optimism, um, but also a healthy sense of ambition. Yeah. Um, those are the organizations and the companies and the executives uh, most likely to succeed. And and if we're, you know, my, my five-year-old, Evelyn, if, yeah. if, if any prediction in the future, uh, thanks to the folks at Spotify, we were all sent, uh, we, everyone got set a Google Home device, little, you know, little round, beautiful looking yeah, thing. Yeah. And, and she's since learned that it cannot just play uh, Baby Shark when she wants it to, yeah. but, but she can ask it where she can find a tutu. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah I've, so she, I've she heard was, it. it's like doing some shopping. I do think, um, you know, those assistants, I mean, while there is like a commercial application for shopping, I think one of the most amazing things is how it has brought information and music specifically to kids. Um, like for a kid just to be able to play music, I think is just amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's just one of the most, uh, you know, amazing inventions just, just for that fact alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, again, she, she wasn't planning to go and buy it. She just wanted to know where she could get a tutu. Uh, but I just found it fascinating. Google told her where she could get a tutu <laughs> in locally to where we live in Langley here. So it was yeah, fascinating. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 So thank you, Eric, for being on the show, being so generous with your ideas and time. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you. Thanks everyone for coming to Marketing Jam this week. I hope you have an incredible uh, Black Friday holiday season. Um, this was a very rich, full uh, session here. Um, a lot of the notes and uh, resources are going to be in the show notes here. So check those out for sure. And I hope you get some rest as well during the season and you get some time to um, spend time with family and friends uh, during such a special time. Have a great one. We'll see you next week on The Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.